It's February 21st, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. First up, we're going to hear about a free Google workshop for small businesses happening tomorrow. You no need to attend. We'll have information online. Then we'll hear from Kathleen Cabral from Leeward about their annual Geek Day. And finally, we've invited Robbie Melton. She's the executive director of the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation, or HTDC. And we want to talk about the future of the Manoa Innovation Center. But as we mentioned, first up, let's welcome Zenny Picconi here. And she's uh, from Google, and she's going to tell us about their workshop for small businesses. Welcome to the show, Zenny. Thank you. I so just you want- came oh. all the way from Mountain View. I did. I flew here from Mountain View, um, headquarters of Google. And I am so excited to be representing Google in my hometown. Great. Yeah. Uh, So it's really special to me that Google is coming to Honolulu to help small businesses here. We are hosting a free workshop tomorrow, but we will also have all of that resource and lessons online on our website. Um, But the workshop is essentially to cover how a small business can maximize their online presence uh, on Google search and maps to make sure that customers can find them. How are you defining a small business? How small is a small business? Majority of small businesses are less than fewer than 10 employees. Those are the businesses that we focus on hmm. because we know that, you know, time is limited and resources are strapped. So um, we want to share what are some of free tools and resources that you can use. And it's not just limited to Google search and maps. We'll talk about analytics um, and some free materials that we have to kind of beef up your digital marketing marketing skills. Uh, But we know that majority of small businesses in the U.S. have not updated or claimed their information on the web. So info such as your store hours, your website, your photos, your address. And, um, you know, if you're not presenting yourself right to customers, then they might not come... When you say claiming their information, in what way would you be claiming that information? How does it kind of pop up in terms of would it be like when you're doing a search for a business and then you have that uh, uh, panel on the the right-hand side? That's where a lot of that information is. Exactly. So when you search for your business, all of that information you see is um, free for you to claim. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you just have to verify that you're the business. And we'll walk through how to do that at the workshop. And you can also go online to do it. Um, And as a business owner, you control all of that information. So everything from the photos to the address, um, you can write a business description and you can respond to reviews. Mm. So it's it's really invaluable. Um, You know, four out of five people use search engines when looking for a local business. So we just want to make sure that people can find you. And is it true that that information box on the side, and I'm sure there's an official Google term for it, um, that is also what kind of comes up when people are using alternative interfaces to Google, for example, using their Google Assistant and saying, look up or find me information on this business. So you really want that information to be complete. Correct. You do want um, that information to put be complete. And I think the best part is it is free. So a lot of businesses don't know that. They think it's like black magic, but you have the ability to control um, that information. And once you have actually claimed it and you've updated some of the information, how frequently do you have to go in to perhaps put in new information? Let's say the hours for a holiday has changed, you know, over the course of the, you know, the week, whatever. Do you have to go in and make sure that that's updated? Correct. You want to make sure if you have special hours 
for um, an upcoming long weekend and you're closed Mm -hmm. on Monday, you can go in and identify you have special hours. Um, We also have new features like posts where you can actually provide, you know, special deals or offers that are um, timely. And so there's a lot of great features coming down the pipeline for businesses. Uh, And again, it's it's free and easy to to manage. And the good news is, I mean, I manage the page for um, the company I work for, and there's even reminders from Google that says, hey, there's a holiday coming up. Do you want to update? Mm-hmm. And yes, it's almost like having its own social media profile, a feed of posts where you're going to say, this is a promotion coming up. You can post pictures and information. This sounds like a lot of great information. The workshop is tomorrow, but it sounds like it's full. But the good news is all of these resources, as you mentioned, will be available online. So where can someone go to catch up? You can visit GYBO.com, and it will walk you through how to update your business listing and claim it. So all of the resources are available there. GYBO, grow that's your that's business online? Get your business get online. Your wow, business that's online. pretty good. And there's another there's another URL, too, that you wanted to share. Correct. We are offering um, free kits to small businesses. There are small thanks kits to kind of spread our appreciation and aloha uh, to local businesses. You can claim those kits at small thanks. Dot with google.com. And we will put both of those links on our show notes at bitemarkscafe.org. Definitely. So thanks, Zenny, for joining Thank us. Thank you. And of course, uh, let's now welcome Kathleen Cabral. She's from Leeward Community College and here to tell us about the, uh, what is this, the ninth annual Geek Day at it Leeward? It is. Nine years. It's flown by. It's amazing. It's just amazing how we started off sort of small, teaching people how hey, look, you have this phone. You can take pictures with it. Mm -hmm. And we've gone all the way uh, through. I mean, this year we're going to have a whole workshop on how to preserve all those digital memories Mm -hmm. that you've been making, not only on your phone, because we all have, what, Thousand? How many? How many photos do you have in your? <laughs> I lost count. Lost count, right? We have all those those photos and how to organize it. So now, so I think nine years ago we were telling people, "Hey, technology's here and it's going to affect your life." And now we're saying, "Here's how you manage it," mm-hmm. because. It's ev- it's everywhere. Now, of course, Bert and I are very familiar with the term geek. Uh, we organized <laughs> the Geek Meet also 10 years on. Yes. When that first started, we had questions about the inclusiveness of that term. How would you define the target market for Geek Day at Leeward? Well, you know, with this year in particular, we are we are calling all geeks, geek wannabes, and I'm afraid of geeks. <laughs> <laughs> Because we have, we're doing a track on coding this year. We've got the Dev League coming out ah, yes. to do a workshop just so that we want people and we're, we're getting more children. So mm-hmm. we thought this will be good. We want to get them in, just jump into that coding and not be afraid of it because um, we're, we're doing the range from the simple user. I mean, we had a, a person once who came. We have a lot of one-on-one help in an area we call the digital cafe. Mm-hmm. So if you have any questions, and we did, someone spent about three hours with somebody just trying to fix something in her email. So we we go from that to learning JavaScript this year. I remember when uh, we you know we first were called in to do a workshop. I mean, it was like how to use Twitter or some (laughs) real basic (laughs) kind of, but it's really evolved quite a bit. And what's great about Leeward is that they're all, you all are educators. So it's really focused around 
educating people on how to better use some of the tools that are out there. Exactly. Now, are you doing anything in terms of like um, VR or some of the new multimedia types of? Uh, you know, th- we're we're going to have some Google Cardboard, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, in our digital cafe, so people can test it out, some hands-on things. Um, but we're 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 not ready yet to do the the VR. We did some augmented reality about five mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was beyond anyone's understanding. <laughs> I mean, even I was having a hard time understanding it. So we might bring that back uh, next year mm-hmm. for our mm-hmm. 10th anniversary. <laughs> we, we do have um, a very basic introduction to smart homes, just again, so that people know what their phones and their tablets can control like, around the house. Like Hue lights or door locks or that e- whole thing. Exactly. I mean, I, I bought I bought uh, one of the smart uh, doorbells, and I can't wait to find some time to install <laughs> it in my house. And I think with Geek Day, I'll probably be able to do that. Um, uh, but something that has been continuous throughout the whole time is photography. Mm-hmm. So we have our photography instructors come out. And so it's, it's a really good way to get expert advice on how to do better camera uh, picture taking with whatever camera. We ask if you're going to do the photography workshops to bring your own camera and um, people come back year after year so they keep Learning. One, one topic that uh, is is really kind of top of mind for a lot of people. It may not be as sexy as photography, but cybersecurity um, and how do you protect yourself on the net now? And it becomes more of an issue these days. I mean, do you well, have something? especially that we're talking about the smart homes. I mm-hmm. mean, right. so the security, so so that as you connect more and more devices to more and more parts of your life, the security is ever present. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that one did we didn't do so much in the beginning, but yeah, security we have at least one major session this this time. That's good. We have um a kind of a wonderful session on remembering passwords. Oh, that's mm. great. You know, <laughs> that's so really important. We have a memory expert at at Leeward. He um when we also do Pi Day on March 14th mm-hmm. with our math um and he does little workshops so that you can remember more digits of pi. Ah, huh, great. So it's it's always a great event. I mean, Bert and I try to come out quite a bit. I love the diversity of ages that come. My kids can come. My mom can come. Yes. So if somebody is interested, when is Geek Day and where can they find? It is this Saturday, February 24th. 10 a.m. starts. We start registration at 9.30. Registration is just for door prizes. Mm -hmm. We have some great prizes from Office Max this year. And um, it's at Leeward. So we're at the Pearl City campus. You just walk in. Hopefully we'll have signs pointing you down to GT105. Lots of parking. Lots of parking. Well, almost as much as we used to. We Mm -hmm. have rail now on. So (laughs) we've got a little decrease in the parking. But still, on a Saturday, it's plenty. And Everything is free, including coffee and snacks. Great. So people don't have have to really register, but if they want to go to a website to just find out more information, where can they go? www.leeward.hawaii.edu slash geek day. Very good. Kathleen, thanks for joining us. Thank you both so much. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Robbie Melton. And we'll talk about the Manoa Innovation Center. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, and Hawaii Pacific University. 
If you make the transition to a sustaining membership at whatever level that is, you feel differently about your radio station. You take greater pride in it, and you really get a greater sense of the cooperative nature of the people that you're sharing the responsibilities and the gifts of public radio with. I'm Suzanne, and I'm a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us is Robbie Melton. She's the Executive Director of the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation. We all know Robbie and the HDC as champions of technology in Hawaii, but we want to better understand the relationship between the agency, the Manoa Innovation Center, and the University of Hawaii. And, of course, what changes are coming to the facility and what does that mean for HDC? We want to get the details, Robbie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So this is, uh, I'll ask you this. I mean, just give us a little bit of the history. Where, what is the relationship between the Mono Innovation Center, which is a facility, and the University of Hawaii? Okay, so back in the early 1990s. Okay, last century. Yes. <laughs> we, um, I think the state was looking for a new home for HTDC. We had been in a number of different places. And they found this land up in Manoa um, to build a, a new incubator. Mm-hmm. So they purchased the land. They built the building with the full intent for HTDC to be there and have their incubator. But as a sort of backup plan, from my understanding, is they actually didn't give the building to HTDC. They gave it to University of Hawaii, even though University of Hawaii has never been in charge of that building. Mm-hmm. But the land, when you say they bought the land, did they buy, who, who bought the land? The did state they, did. The state bought the, the land. The state bought the land, and then at some point in time, they transferred the land from DLNR to University of Hawaii. Okay, so then as far as title goes, I mean, University of Hawaii owns the land. Right. And then uh, for the time being, the HTDC actually managed the building. Yeah, we operated the building. We didn't just manage it, but mm-hmm. we 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 operated it for HTDC. Mm-hmm, We're mm-hmm. not managing it for anyone else. Sure, sure. So, so we know HTDC, it's many programs, the incubators, the startups that are housed there, as well as the workshops that you do, working with SBR grant funding, working with the holiday tech fair, which we look forward to every year. Um, so the Manoa Innovation Center as a facility and operating it is a significant portion of what HTDC does. How does that fit into the finances of HTDC and funding the important work that you do? So we um, receive revenues from both of our incubators. We have uh, another incubator in Ma- Maui mm-hmm. at the MRTC and with the MIC. However, MIC is fully occupied. It's 100% occupied. So we get our revenues, which actually pays for our staff time, our operation costs, and all our programs. And as you know, we support the broader community. Mm-hmm. Now, was that the original sort of business model and the, you know, sort of the sustainability model for HDDC and the MIC for that, that revenue to be a part of the operating budget? Oh, yes, all, all along. And more so, you know, during um, the Lingle administration when there were a lot of cutbacks, mm-hmm. we actually really used our um, what we call special funds, the revenues that were generated to help pay for staff costs and other additional costs that were originally funded by the state. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then there wasn't really 
uh, an ask of the legislature for operating budget for keeping employees paid for? No. So we do get some general funds from the state, which pays for our um, some of our staff. So mm-hmm. pay for half of our staff. It pays for our SBR Phase 1 grant right, right. and then some additional funding that goes towards property management mm-hmm. of the MIC. So in terms of uh, um, what's, the, what's the evolving situation now with the university? So we actually had a, a lease agreement with the university for 25 years. And 25 years ended in 2015. Okay. <laughs> so, so this be- is an, I mean, this is a, a recognized situation that, that needs yes. to be addressed. Yeah. So we, before I even came on board at HDDC, my predecessor had many attempts to come up with a new lease agreement with the university so that we could continue mm-hmm. to operate the MIC as is. And... Um, without much success, and even we had help with the legislators who were trying to help us get a long-term lease. You know, as you know, we're trying to build our cube, which is the replacement for the MIC Mm -hmm. down in Kaka'ako, and we're still pursuing that. So, you know, we do realize that we need to move from the MIC and build something that's more conducive to innovation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But certainly the university is always on the lookout for more space. They're bursting at the seams, certainly with UH West Oahu and other campuses. There's some of that decentralization. But UH having uh, an interest or actually owning the building, um, what is the? wouldn't there be an opportunity for the University of Hawaii to operate the building and use either use it for university space or even operate something like an incubator in Manoa, uh, in the Manoa Valley? Well, the current plan is right now, so we've received notice um, in the end of January that UH will be taking over our spe- space at the end of June. And as such, the tenants, the early stage companies can stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not clear whether we will provide incubation services to those companies or not at this time. So when you say it's not clear, have there been some expression uh, of for others to provide that service? Or why wouldn't, let's say, HDDC continue to provide the services to those tenants? Well, one, they're not our tenants anymore. Mm-hmm. They're no longer, it's no longer our incubator. It's the university's facilities the university has not been in touch with us yet to even discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding, only through hearsay, is that they would like HTDC to continue to provide those kinds of services, but we haven't really discussed that. And I think that it's reasonable to see that there is an alignment in mission, even at the university, with the the the, I, the off, iLab and iLab and or their their interest in accelerate UH and and they are also working on entre- entrepreneurial initiatives and startups that certainly um, operating something like the Mono Innovation Center is in alignment with that. But it sounds like if HDDC is um, moving out of its role at MIC, but your space in Kakaako is not available, it's kind of a tight space, tight tight spot for you. Yes, exactly. So they've offered to let HDDC stay at the MIC. Um, so we don't have to move that right away because it's, you know, impossible to do that. In the meantime, we are working on trying to get the funding for the cube. And then, uh, well, so I do want to talk to you a little bit about what some of your thoughts are in terms of uh, how you want to transition, let's say, from the 
operating monies coming from the tenants to something else, right? How do you go from getting money from the tenants to something else? So we'll hold that thought. We'll be, uh, <laughs> we are talking to Robbie Melton. We want to take a short break. We'll continue our conversation. We'll learn about the MIC. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ulupono Initiative, Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working, and iDoctors Hawaii. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Robbie Milton from the HDDC about the Manoa Innovation Center. So, Robbie, in terms of uh, the the sort of transition now that you are now facing, what do you see happening over the course of, let's say, 2018, 2019? So we're, we're hoping the legislature supports us and that will provide either funding or there's some other bills in play that would help us sustain ourselves for the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and we're looking at, at, at both of these. A bill is going to be heard tomorrow, HB 583, that would provide operating costs to cover our expenses and our staff. What would be the training. one that has a more five to ten year window? Well, both of the bills said there's a there's a Senate bill also in play, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know the I don't remember the mm. bill number. So that's a little bit different take. So, um, and we expect there to be a governor's message too that would also support our operations. It, it does sound like that uh, the HDC and its um, operation of the Manoa Innovation Center was kind of in a tenuous position, like you said, before you came on board. The lease agreement expired in 2015. I mean, what was the conversation during that time in the sense that uh, just allowing the arrangement to continue was probably never going to be indefinite? No, but we were hoping that the arrangement would continue until we received funding for our new incubator because we were hoping that soon we would have that funding. As you know, we're building our entrepreneur sandbox that will go into construction hopefully in April, and it'll be built in by the end of 2019. Right. So ever since you came on board, I mean, you've always been aiming toward the what we you were referring to as a sandbox and then also something bigger, which was the cube, right? So that's always been kind of in play. The, the timing is the thing that's kind of crucial, right? How do you make sure that this is available so that you can actually get the benefit of it and still transition from where you are at MIC to this new facility? Yeah, well, it's, everything's up in the hands of the legislators. And every year we go in and we ask for funding for the CUBE, which is to build our incubator. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of competing interests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think once we get the sandbox built, they'll understand what innovation is all mm. about because it's such a mystery to many legislators. And I think it's reasonable also. I mean, a lot of people are seeing the sandbox and that idea as more in line to the neighborhood of Kaka'ako and the energy and the focus there for business and community. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Manoa, but I mean, I think that it, it makes sense from a, a bigger picture view. Right. Yeah, because there's more synergy if we move our incubator down there. Plus, innovation is happening in a different way than it did in 1992. Mm-hmm. And so we need to speak to that new audience of innovation. Now, how do you, how do you deal with the, let's say, the, um, the, the criticism or maybe the comeback with, well, you know, you've got the Box Jelly, you've got the Impact Hub, you've got other sort of 
co-working spaces how do you see differentiating yourself with a sandbox that's uh, or even a government or organized event versus now the private sector which is trying to also create the same kind of opportunity well it's very different actually so co-working you can't have a wet lab mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. experiments in there you can't be in a co-working space building you know split atoms you know, so you need actually incubation space. And that's what really an incubator is about, is bringing these very technical companies into a place where they can do experiments and build their products in a private area that's secure. Mm-hmm. And that's what the incubator offers. But that's more that's more of the cube, right? I mean, what's, yeah, that's what about, where the, the, cube, what so about the, the sandbox? So the sandbox. sandbox is very different. So we will also have co-working space in the sandbox, but it's actually like a rec, I call it a rec center for innovation because you actually go in there and you learn how to make things. We will have a maker space there. We'll have a digital media studio there where they'll do creative lab will be there. So you'll be, you know, learning how to do productions for movies, for YouTube, for gaming, for animation. And in the makerspace, there'll be all different kinds of tools. So really, that's a kind of a big differentiation from your typical sort of box jelly and, and impact hub. Oh, definitely, yeah. So, and it's for all ages. Mm. So it's not just for adults. We're hoping to have a lot of programs for our young people because we want to create interest in our young people to pursue those kinds of careers. Mm-hmm. So to clarify, it makes sense that the university, as the owner of the space and for allowing this extension since 2015, that these changes that are c- coming are difficult for the HTDC. Um, but when you're talking about finding support from the legislature to get to that vision of the sandbox and everything in Kaka'ako, um, that this interim period, it's largely going to be a challenge in terms of whether or what role you play in the now university-operated uh, incubation space in Manoa. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that because if we don't get funding, we don't have an agency. So that's the critical thing. Mm. So we're not able to do mentoring if we don't get the funding for our staff and our operations. And so it's it's a critical point for us. It's not just, oh, we're going to stay, blah, 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 mm. but it's really a critical and a turning point for HTDC. Well, and I think the point is that the the – the rent money or the monies that the tenants were are, were providing were going to operating, you know, funds for, uh, for the uh, HDDC, and in this new arrangement with with UH, that money is going to go to UH. Right. Right. Exactly. So you still need, so you can still mentor companies there, but you need to have monies. Well, to, no, because we won't have money for right, staff. No, so that's why you yeah. have to go and ask the ledge to get that, right? Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and we have a lot of supporters in the legislature. They've seen a lot of the good work that we've done. In our last impact survey in 20, um, last spring for 2016, our companies contribute over $600 million to the economy. So I think that's a pretty good statement. Mm-hmm. And whether it's from Governor Ige or anyone in the administration or uh, in the in the policymakers in Hawaii, I think that there's a lot of talk about support of these initiatives and the eighty eighty initiative and everything like that. But that has to translate into basically a line item uh, budget for the HDC. Yes. Yeah. So what can you suggest anything for people to do to you know in terms of supporting this? To do, write testimony, and what would you suggest? Yeah, so we'd love people to write testimony when the critical time comes. Um, once the bills cross over, then that would be the time. And mm-hmm. we hope people come and visit the legislators to just publicly make a statement. Written testimony is fine, but people like to hear from the companies. How much are you asking for in terms of this sort of interim? 
So it varies depending on which which. I'll go, I'll go read the bills. <laughs> that sounds a good idea. People can go to hcdc.org. They can sign up for your newsletter, for example, to be kept up to date on these yes, issues. Yes, exactly. And of course, uh, Lynn will probably send out an email to tell everybody to submit testimony, right? Yeah, of course. He's very good at that. Well, Robbie, uh, we want to thank you. Of course, Robbie is the Executive Director of the Hawaii Technology Development Center, and we want to thank you very much for sharing all this insight into the MIC. And thank you for having me on. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Next week, we're going to learn about the upcoming AT&T Hackathon. And, of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. And of course, you stay safe and we will see you here next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.